Welcome, everyone. We're entering a world not so distant from this one, where the boundaries between flesh and machine blur into obscurity and neon-lit dreams collide with steel-clad nightmares. Welcome to the electrifying realm of Cyborg. This is a Cyborg actual play campaign using the Cyborg OSR Rules, published by Free League Publishing. I am DG, the Game Master, and I'm ready to guide you punks, you gutter trash, through this capitalist nightmare that will grind your souls down to a fine powder and scatter it to the wind. Ah. <sighs> You're not really ones for following instructions in a literal sense, are you, punks? See, Ermac Ransom's orders seem pretty simple, at least on my behalf. You are supposed to go to the nano clinic in the slums, get in, drop a bug in the server so Ermac Ransom could trace some leads on the scorpions, and then get out. Get paid, nice and simple. And what happened, punks? You got in without a hitch. And then it all went to shit. Waking up heads in jars, barricading doors shut, activating hidden traps, setting the entire facility on alert. The good news is that the voice booming through the loudspeaker right now is shouting, You mark my words, Shortfall Collective! This will be the last time you meddle in our affairs! So they don't seem to know who they're dealing with just yet, meaning there is still a chance that you can salvage this job and earn your keep. So let's get right into it. In media res, as they say. You're all huddled in the atrium of the Nano Clinic, the big square-shaped corridor that acts as a sort of nexus point for the building. Many of the offices, corridors, and consultation rooms branching off from this one central ring. In the very centre of it, behind thick bullet bulletproof glass is a little indoor slice of nature, a smoker's courtyard which you use to gain entry to the facility. A panel in the roof has slid open and would be currently pumping your lungs full of poison gas if it were not for Frank thinking quickly, blocking it where, by, by essentially fusing a waste basket into the molecular makeup of the gas dispenser. The door to the north leading out to the waiting area has been blocked with a big giant clamp, again provided by Frank, and the scorpions on the other side are loudly banging, trying to force their way through to respond to the call to action. Before you have a chance to do anything though, the door to the south, one of them, the door to the staff lounge, slides open and as the loud klaxons ring a group of scorpions come charging in readying their weapons and taking aim 
at the intruders. Let's start with... Frank, go ahead. Roll us an agility check to see if the party or the scorpions go first as we move into combat. Just an agility check. Well, uh, can you go ahead and roll that for me? I sure will. What is your agility? I think I have plus one, don't I? I believe you do. Plus one. Giving you a eight altogether. You've just blocked out the gas dispenser. You're all gathering your breath quickly fumbling for your own gear when the door slides open and those scorpions take aim and fire. The first of the four raises his gun and unloads on Frank, who's standing in the middle of the corridor. So Frank, let's do another agility check to see if you dodge or not. And that will be a... If I can get... Albert's dice roller to roll more than one dice, which I cannot, so I'll just turn to the other one. Frank, that'll be a 10. Will you take the hit, or will you glitch your way out of this? Uh, what is the weapon they're using against me? Hmm, looks like a little... looks like a regular handgun. Standard issue security weapon. A bit upmarket for gang goons like the scorpions, but not much of a threat. I'm gonna go ahead and, uh, and trust my spiffy new set of threads that my mm. pal P.U. got me. Yeah, let's see if P.U.'s gift manages to help you out here. Indeed, it does, as the scorpion brushes a lock of extremely greasy hair out of his face, takes aim and rains a barrage of bullets down on you. You take one point of damage as your style guard armor absorbs the other three points of the four. He's firing auto fire though, so Coxie's weapon up, continues charging down the corridor and takes aim at the next person in sequence, which is Azure, standing in the doorway of the cold storage. Azure, go ahead, roll me an agility oh. check. I will. Yeah, that is not great. That's only five. Five? Would you like to glitch that? Uh, nah, not yet. Hmm, see... We didn't get any glitches back between sessions, did we? You did, your normal amount. Oh, we did, okay. So you take five, five points of damage as he rounds the corner, raises the gun, and fires once, twice, three times in your direction, pelting you with gunfire. I have some armor on, so I roll it. Go ahead, D4 roll. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's full four, so I take one damage. One point of damage, nice. You throw yourself behind cover, behind a random hospital trolley lying in the corridor and are only grazed by the fire but of course he is auto firing he's got one more left to go so standing in place he adjusts his aim sets pu in his sights and goes for it pu roll me an agility check happy to oh that makes it a 14 total 14 nice 
You throw yourself through the gap into the atrium, taking shelter behind the bulletproof glass and feeling the pain rattle with the barrage of bullets. There are three other scorpions in the group, and seeing their apparent leader get lucky with some hits, they all charge around the corner, raise their own weapons and fire, each of them taking aim at one of you. So I'd like all three of you to go ahead and make agility checks to defend, please. Oh, this is not a very nice start. <laughs> I uh, rolled a Frank rolled an eleven at three. Ooh. I also rolled a three. He mm. got a dirty twenty. He got a dirty twenty? So Charlie you hear him mutter something under his TV helmet, and his dog perks up to attention, opening its mouth, baring its long, sharp teeth. And as it charges forwards to intercept some of the bullets, it will offer Azure a glitch to re-roll. Oh, fantastic. My die is cursed. I rolled another <laughs> one. Oh, oh no! no. Would not you... any better. <laughs> mm. So, I, would Frank. you like a? I, I, I will. I will burn. Actually, I will burn a glitch for um, Azure. So when when you roll the glitch, you do take the worst, or yeah. you do take the new we, one, whatever it is. The new one um, essentially overrides the old one. Yeah. So because Frank, it is a fumble, I'm yep. willing to spend my own glitch, glitch on handling that a fumble. All right. So, Azure and Frank, you are both pelted with four points worth of damage as these scorpions demonstrate that they're not here to fuck around. They know their targets and their bullets hurt, hitting you center mass. The question is, do they get past your armor? Go ahead and roll. How do you roll that? Um, so you're wearing style guard armor. That'd be a 1d3 for you, Frank. Right. Not to interrupt, is it not 1d2 for Stargard? Ah, uh, yeah, sorry. 1d2 for Stargard. 1d3 for the next tier up. Uh, so, alright. Well, I got two. Two? So, Fantastic. two points of damage, absorbing two, the other two. And, Ajua, uh, how'd you go? I got a two. Nice. So, two points of damage for each of you. And now it's time to press the attack. We go to your turn, and Frank, what would you like to do? Um. Well, he's quite annoyed at having uh, having all of this violence been inflicted on him. Um. There seems to be a scorpion near him. There definitely is. There's a group of four. They're all relatively huddled together, not really breaking formation. Just. Standing in the corridor, locking it down, constantly firing at whoever sticks their head out from behind cover or through a doorway. Okay, well, I'm redrawing the map then because it looked different to me from what you just described. There's a scorpion right next to Frank near the imaging building. Is that there correct? There sure is, yep. But imagine that token actually represents all four of them. Oh, does it? Yeah, yeah it's a group. I'm using it in an abstract sense in Cyborg. It's not as important to know your exact positioning as it is in D&D. So, yeah, these are just to give you a rough idea that there's a group of enemies there. So um, it's quite rough and loose with the pipe above? Yeah. Is there a uh, liquid pipe above? Hmm. Like in, in hospitals, there are often things like, you know, a liquid nitrogen pipe yeah. or... 
well, you have proficiency in perception, so I won't make you roll. You quickly sweep your gaze across the roof, and you're lucky enough to find several pipes running along the wall, uh, presumably to feed some of the chemicals into cold storage right next to you. Yeah, I want to grab one, and I'm just going to break it and aim it at the four. Mm, Last time we did that with one of the pipes, we had liquid nitrogen spray all over the place. Yeah, last session, and that was useful. So, Frank, go ahead and roll me a strength check, and you do have proficiency in athletics. You get to add an additional plus two to that. So that's total of, what, plus five, then? Um, Plus five. Ooh, exactly twelve. Nice. You charge forwards as bullets graze top of your head, sail over your shoulders and take a flying leap, reaching up, grabbing one of the thick, shiny metal pipes and feeling it bend under your weight as your great mining bot physique wrenches it out of the socket and holding it in the same way you'd hold a hose spraying the garden with water. You just stand there in the corridor, holding it out and spraying a cloud of noxious, bright white chemicals onto the scorpions. And I'm going to make all four of them roll to get out of the way. All four of them scream in unison and three of them dive out of the way, scrambling to cover. The fourth guy, the leader, the one who auto-fired on the group is caught right in the middle of your arc and is instantly frozen solid by the liquid nitrogen, removing him from the fight. Holy shit. Well done, Frank. All right. Azure, you're up. What would you like to do? What would I like to do? Um... Who... Uh, who's gone from us already? We've had... Um... Frank and... You've, yes, you've had Frank, just Frank so far. Just Frank. Alright. Um... I want to I wanna try Overcharger and giving, boosting one of my friends, but I'm not entirely sure. Hmm. Uh... Well, PU will go next, I'll say. PU, do you tend to use agility for your gun gunning? I... I do indeed. Uh, he is very good with his agility, I will say. He has a plus three as a base agility stat. Oh, do you need a boost? I would never say no to one. Yeah, why not? Let's give it a shot. I've never tried it before. Um, so I'd like to do an overcharger, boosting uh, your agility by 1d6. So I'll need to make Ooh, a knowledge. Roll that. Yep, go ahead and make your hacking roll and then roll the d6 if you're successful. I need a new die. This die is terrible. <laughs> I will gladly give you a glitch. Uh, that would be wonderfully appreciated. I am out of glitches myself now. <laughs> That's, That's okay. <laughs> out uh, very early. Hopefully, won't need them. <laughs> that ought to be a nineteen. Fantastic. Nineteen. Nice. So you unsling your cyber deck. The cord goes in, and you feel the raw electricity surging through your body as you execute the command. And in everyone's RCDs, PU begins to move with blinding speed. How much do you boost? I'll roll the one on the D6. 
Yeah. You get a plus he's, one to your agility. He's still moving at a still moving at a far more than usual human blur. And PU, you're up. That's so that's giving me round. a plus Oh my gosh, the next five rounds? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. So I'm getting a plus four to my agilities. Okay. Uh you guys see as PU uh grins a great big smile, gritting his teeth on the ends of the two cigarette butts in his uh teeth as he flicks the uh, smart guns from his hip and he pulls them up to meet the scorpion's gaze. And I'm going to unleash my sets of uh, smart guns in a rapid fire shot. Uh, Clicking into place with a press of a button, my uh, boosters of armor piercing. So very, very nice. Let's go ahead and get this first attack off. First attack is going to be a 16 total to hit. Definitely a hit. Go ahead, roll the damage. Fantastic. Double check those boosters. So, this armor piercing booster that I'm using ignores 1d6 worth of uh, armor damage Mm -hmm. uh, when rolling. I'm using dual wielder as well, uh, which means I make two attacks uh, with my one-handed weapons. Single attack test for both and combine the damage roll. Let's take a look-see at this first one. See how this is going to go. So that's um, nine points of damage, ignoring 1d6 <laughs> of armor. So uh, PU moving as a blur just steps out of the atrium, the smart guns in full motion. The scorpions raise their weapons to course correct, but he's moving way too fast for them. And one of the three scorpions is instantly riddled with bullets. His uniform is painted red with blood as he falls to the ground. He is nothing but a greasy blur as the bullets continue to rip through the uh, uh, through the air as he cackles maniacally at the boost of speed, uh, going for another 16 to hit. Mm, doing, definitely uh, another hit. What's that? Uh, five points of uh, damage for the next attack. Five points of damage. This scorpion scrambles, running behind the nearest corner, just as one of your bullets hits him in the back, knocking him off his feet. You see him feebly crawl around the corner. He hasn't quite given up the ghost. And we've Uh, got one more shot to make. And it runs through the air for a total of 19 to hit, doing Mm. a uh, one point of damage. One point of damage. You've got your sights set on the guy you nearly took out. He's got his head poking around the corner, but then the other remaining scorpion raises his gun, peels off around, and you're forced to duck behind cover at the last moment. Your own... Your bullet's only managing to scrape the shoulder of the last remaining scorpion as he dives for cover with his friend. But then it's Charlie's turn. Charlie... Points his hand. Go ahead, Frank. Just before Charlie does, Frank having seen PU's movement, turns to look at the guys and say, well, I reckon you all are fucked now. (laughs) Except that he did it after they have all been shot. And he's (laughs) noticing, oh. He's got no clue what's going to hit him. He's right! He's right! Shouts the one who's lying on the floor, clutching his bleeding wounds. But the other looks him in the eyes and says, They're bluffing, you idiots! Just keep firing! As Charlie steps forwards, nonchalantly points his hand at the 
corner, the scorpions disappeared around, giving a silent order to Rusty, who charges forwards, bark, 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 and sinks his teeth into the neck of the scorpion huddled on the ground, clutching his wounds, dealing three points of damage and ripping out his esophagus, finally finishing him off, leaving one more scorpion, and I'm going to roll his morale. And... yeah. That last remaining scorpion, the one who only a second ago was urging his friend to keep firing, takes one look at the robot dog currently grinding its... grinding his friend's esophagus in its teeth, then another at Frank still sitting there brandishing the pipe, the last dregs of liquid nitrogen dripping out of it, and he raises his hands, dropping his gun as it clatters to the floor. No, no! I give up! He shouts. Oh, an easy target. Don't mind if we do. <laughs> Does PU make good on this? PU's got his smart guns as he's quickly whipping across the battlefield, uh, empowered by the speed. Uh, and he's got it raised in half a second up to this uh, scorpion's head, and he looks back to the rest of the group uh, for the agreement of the uh, trigger being pulled. Charlie shrugs. I think he should be taught his lesson. That you don't mess with the uh, um, shortfall collective. Oh, uh, yeah, some uh, mini drop guys. Yeah, we're, we're good like that. Uh, Pew says, lowering the gun slightly and then dropping it to his knee before pulling the trigger. The scorpion screams in agony as your brown shatters his kneecap. He looks up at you, his mouth spluttering, his eyes ragged with anger and pain, and he lets out the word, Mummy! Before his <laughs> eyes roll into the back of, the, of his sockets, and he passes out in a dead faint. The last wow. thing he hears is Frank saying, Hey! The puppy got me a basketball. And I, Frank is trying to make the guys, the other guys whose neck was bitten through, is uh, trying to use his head as a basketball. Because <laughs> the discrimination really well circuits haven't, haven't quite kicked in that it's a head, not a ball. Bark, bark, bark! Rusty shouts as his tail wags with glee watching the display and the scorpion Bet. lets out one last shudder before the unconsciousness takes him fully frank and rusty are gonna play fetch for a little while <laughs> bark 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 uh, we kind uh, of want a timeline rusty rusty maybe put that down says charlie you don't know where it's been whipper says Charlie as he drops the head and it rolls across the tiled floor towards Frank. At the north, the scorpions are still trying to bash through the door from the waiting area. The alarm klaxons still filling the air. The voice through the speaker shouts, You'll rue the day, you cross-dust shortfall collective! And then silence. The scorpions to the north decide to find another way around. You hear one more hammer against the door and then hear their footsteps as they rush away to find another way to get to you. Don't open the door, Frank. 
Yeah, we uh, we better get uh, sh moving, guys. We don't we don't probably have that long left. <laughs> if you like, I can head to the server room and deal with uploading our payload. Uh, if you head down down that corridor to the right and then a short left, there's a specimen cage with a bunch of prisoners that I figure you might want to let out. Gotcha. Bonus. I'll be on it. <laughs> Definitely a bonus. So before you continue, I would like PU, of course, to go ahead to roll to see if you need to reload. Uh, I already and... have. I rolled a, a one and a three, so PU is quick to reload the two mags. Lovely. And of course, Azure and Frank, both of you got hurt, so go ahead and roll a d4 to recover some HP. That's a two. Lovely. Definitely better than and nothing. And a more four damage than for you Frank. Take. You can, yes. You can actually Excellent. heal back up. <laughs> so, Azure strides with purpose down the corridor towards a doorway to the south. There's a sign reading server room pointing that it's in this direction pu remember, if i remember correctly did i deactivate all the turrets that we saw around you did you turned them all off all the ones leading to the server room and those that were on the way to the specimen storage as well pu continues on past azure the two of you exchange a glance, nod, signalling good luck as P.U. strides through the open doorway into the staff lounge. And Frank, who are you going to go along with? Well, what Frank is used to is somebody grabbing his arm or telling him. At the moment, he's standing there not really talking to anybody but he doesn't know that and he's explaining slash complaining that his and Rusty's ball has gotten has gone flat <laughs> and obviously he's going to need a tire pump to pump it up because yeah, when they were bouncing it they kind of pulverized the skull a bit oh, yeah it, it's more oblong shapes than it should be it looks more like a football now which is not yeah. the shape a human head should be <laughs> So, so I don't. When you ask, where do I go? Where does Frank go? I don't know. Neither Azure or Pu have told him. Pu, uh, Pu pipes up, calling out to Frank. Oi, Frank! Stop cruising with the cranium and uh, help out Azure, would you? Uh, Charlie, you're with me. Charlie oh, nods. Might want to. Um, Frank might might, might might want to go and make some new friends and help. Yeah, them. but you might need some muscle. That's what I'm thinking. That's fair. All right, Frank, come with me. Charlie nods and motions for Rusty to follow. Bark, 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 he shouts as he follows P.U. through the door into the staff lounge. Frank, for his part, is already making his way down the corridor to the server room. Azure follows he doesn't, behind He doesn't him. know which way to go, um, but he thinks his job is to be first. So yeah. do you want me to go that left or do you want me to go that left? Just straight ahead here, thanks. Straight ahead, straight ahead. Frank leading you down the corridor. You can't help but notice at least three or four different turrets hanging down from receptacles in Oof. the roof. They're still swiveling from side to side, scanning for threats, the little green LED lights blinking on and off. But luckily, Azure's managed to disable their friend-foe recognition, and the two of you pass underneath them without incident. 
before long, you come to the server room itself. A big, thick metal door. Bright red stenciling reading, authorised personnel only. And a fifth larger gun turret. One, wi one which evidently fires a much higher and more dangerous calibre of round. Is perched right on top of the doorway ready to greet you. Of course, it doesn't fire as Frank reaches out, grabs the door, and slides it open, admitting him and Azure into the server room itself. That's a very so, kind way of describing how he wrenches it off its hinges. <laughs> can, can, can Frank also carry the huge um, caliber cannon under his arm? If you want to go ahead and snap it off, feel free. Yeah, he's going to remove he's that. He's already made enough noise. <laughs> I'm sure he's he's, he's fairly sure that they've got one like that back at the base waiting to be fixed. And he thinks two of them would be great. Definitely. Frank's a mining bot. His strength is high enough that I'm not going to make you roll for this. Azure, as you step into the server room, from behind you hear the sound of warping crackling metal. You look over your shoulder to see Frank reaching up, grabbing the turret by its barrel and just yanking it down, much like a child would on a string of a toy, until finally the whole room around you seems to tremble. A piece of plaster on the roof breaks loose and the whole turret drops down into Frank's eager hands. Look what I found. Nice. And Frank... That'll go well with the other one. As the turret lies in your hands, you can feel it vibrating. You can feel the machinery within whirring as it continues even now, uh -oh. scanning for targets. Ooh, can I point it? You sure can. Not at me. And not at the server, please. <laughs> you point um, the I'd gun... Like to... Go ahead, uh, Azure. Uh, yeah, uh, well, I'd like to uh, take a look at the, the yeah, servers server and see if I can do stuff. Yeah. So you've stepped into the server room, and it's not as big as the map would lead you to believe. It, this server room is about the size of a well-apportioned doctor's office. This is probably what it used to be in the past before it was repurposed. There's barely enough room for you, especially with Frank, to stand and move around. Almost all the floor space is taken up by tall server towers, racks groaning under the weight of brimming, whirring computer equipment and an array of multicoloured LED lights. You hear Frank's footsteps behind you receding as carrying the turret, he begins to make his way back up to the corridor, back up to the branch in the corridor to keep watch, I'm presuming. Is that right, Frank? Basically, yes. <laughs> So, Azure, what would you like to do? Alright, I'd like to find uh, where I can jack in and upload this this payload we have. Hmm. So, there's a lot of hardware in this tiny room. More than you would expect a place like this would require. 
In fact, a quick glance at most of it tells you that the majority of this equipment probably isn't connected to the server at all. Most of these are decoys. Someone's deliberately set this room up to obfuscate the true means of access. The data contained here is evidently very important. So I'd like you to go ahead and make a presence check for me and you can add plus two if you have the investigate proficiency. I believe I do, which is good because my presence is terrible. No, investigate. No, I don't. Mm, damn. Oh, no. <laughs> That's all right. Zero's a smart lady. I'm sure she's got this figured out. Ah. Uh, hey, Frank, you got a spare glitch. I do. Oh. That's Charlie. A one. Frank, are you offering a glitch? I am. That leaves mm. me with one glitch left. One glitch left. Well. Tonight's going to be a fairly die. short session, so we might not use a different die. <laughs> that one needs to go in dice oh, jail. That's way better. Seventeen. Seventeen. Uh, nice. Minus minus two for presence. Fifteen. You spend a few minutes searching the room, peering over nests of cables and wire behind the big server racks in the shadowy corners, and you find two possible means of entry, though you're still not sure which one's the one you're looking for. There's a jack-in hole on the back of one of the server racks, the largest one in the room by the looks at it, a model that seems to be distinctly older than the others in the room, at least a generation or two out of date. That the jack-in hole, jack-in port is on the back implies that this server is from the days when Cyber decks weren't as common as they are now. It probably has some gnarly archaic access system. The other jack-in port is on the southernmost wall, right beside what you initially thought was a light switch. It's not a light switch at all, rather it's a little switchboard, a series of red and green LED lights blinking on and off, keeping track of who's currently logged into the system and whether they're authorized. This jack-in port doesn't appear to be connected to any of the hardware in the room, however. That sounds promising. It means it's connected somewhere else. Maybe. Hmm, maybe. Which one would you like to try, if any? So the first one you mentioned looked old. Yeah, it looks like it, it's on the back of a very old, rugged-looking server farm. Which and is that apparently... One looks like it is connected to other things in the... That one, room. yeah. That one appears to actually be physically cabled to some of the other hardware in this room. Whereas the other port on the wall, you can't see any physical connection between that and the rows and rows of hardware around you. But I already suspected that most of this hardware wasn't actually connected to anything useful anyway. Correct? That's a good assumption yeah. to make, yeah. Oh, well. I, I'm leaning towards uh, spending a moment to check out what I can see when I jack into uh, the latter. Alright. One that doesn't seem to be con immediately connected to anything here. I won't, let, I won't make you roll for that. Instead, we'll say it takes a few more minutes, and in that amount of time, we cross to Frank, who's standing 
in the junction in the hallway, switching his gaze from the north to the west, holding that large caliber turret in his hand, feeling the gears whir as it scans for threats. Frank? Frank has a whole lot of very old media, right? So please understand that when he's standing in this corridor, there's an awful lot of you talking to me, punk, are you? (laughs) And fast drawing the sentry turret and pointing it down the corridor. And he's just doing that over and over and over again. Go ahead and roll a presence check for me at plus two because of your perception. Well, um, um, just be aware that that plus two uh, was immediately removed because yeah, of because his your, uh, your minus on his presence. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, I hit the button. It did not do anything. Oh no! It oh, did. here we go. Here we go. Oh, nice. 19. So, you whirl around to face the corridor to the southwest. Do you feel lucky, punk? You say, as you raise the turret just in time to see two scorpion gang members round the corner from the specimen cells to the south. They see you standing there at the edge of the corridor and their hands immediately shoot to their sides for their guns. And then they see what you're holding and you see both of their jaws just drop. What do you do, Frank? I just sort of motion with the turret. You don't want to do that, fellas. You want to put your hands up in the air. (laughs) Like you just don't care. Go ahead and roll me a strength check. And you don't have proficiency in intimidate, I believe. So just a normal strength check will do. Uh, that's a nat nah, 20. natural that's 20. Nice. 23. As if to add credence to your threat, the LED on the gun blinks bright red and the barrel begins to swivel as it recognizes a threat You quickly pull it out of the way before it can lock onto them fully, but still still have it there in your hand, still resting it against your shoulder, one-handing, holding in one hand this huge high-caliber automated turret, and that's enough for both scorpions to look at each other, nod, and throw themselves to the floor face first, sliding their smart guns down the corridor towards you. Right, I'm gonna, I, I, I'm gonna get them to sit, you know, um, butt cheeks on the ground, um, with their knees up in the air like bad boys, and 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 the guns are still laying on the floor, but they have to come and sit next to me, and uh, think about what they've done, <laughs> and um, <laughs> once we finish doing all this, I, I reckon we'll be able to let them go because they they seem to be seeing the error of their ways. Most certainly. They're now seated up against the wall in front of you and their eyes will not leave the sight of that huge gun throbbing through 
vibrating, pulsating in your hands, and you're sort of standing, the way you're standing in the corridor, a junction between two different directions, it's not particularly well lit at this section in the corridor, so they're essentially staring at the T-1000, just holding them at gunpoint and calmly advising them, now I want you to just think about the choices you made in life that led you here. They exchange worried glances with each other and nod. Sure, uh, I think it started in second grade when I started stealing, stealing from the class candy jar. Unforgivable. Jeez. Back in the server room, Azure's taken a moment to study these ports, and with your proficiency in technology, Azure, I will tell you that studying them up close reveals that the one connected to the wall is probably keyed to the same network you attached, you accessed when you unlocked the cold storage. This is probably the main nexus point, the, the usual means of entry that an admin of the facility would use to get into that security system rather than hacking into it. If you want the actual server, the place where they're keeping all their files, the records of their patients, what happened to them, and where they were taken next, that big hulking antique in the middle of the room is probably your best choice. Alright. Just to be clear, you mean the hulking antique being the server, not um, not Frank. Frank but Frank, Frank, you're not in the room. The the other no, one. No, no, no. <laughs> you do you do puzzle for a moment over exactly how you're going to get access to it because the the jack point is a few generations out of date. Does and it happen to lie within 1980 to 2015? Indeed, it does. Fantastic. I have reach in, that. Reach into your bag and pull out the bundle of old cables that Frank gave you, and sure enough, one of them fits the jackpoint snugly. You slide your Cyberdex you, connector Frank. into the other end and delve into cyberspace. The server room melts around you as cyberspace rolls out an endless expanse. The only Got problem one... is that it's an Apple... Uh, plug, <laughs> which means that on the fifth time that you use it, the cable's going to start spraying and splitting apart and will only intermittently <laughs> register. And these are old Linux systems, so they don't have the drivers for the cable anyway, so it doesn't oh, look right. like Azure's getting in there. But no, Azure, you have, you have your orders to plant Solitaire's tracker in a data cluster, any data cluster, and then evacuate, leaving no trace. But as cyberspace coalesces around you, you see that you're absolutely surrounded by very dense data caches, at least five or six of them, big pulsating orbs of light, each one the size of a small planetoid hanging in the sky above you. There are decades worth of patient records, requisition forms, clinic financials, and other things you can only guess at stockpiled here. All of it secured from the city-wide net. This terminal here 
the only means of accessing it, at least until you drop in that tracker. Cool. Um, is there any way that I do I know what this this um, payload is doing? Or have hmm. I just been given this and I don't actually know what it is? Um, you you were told it should serve as a sort of back door to allow Ermac Ransom essentially to keep an eye on this server, monitor the patient records in real time, and allow him to essentially delve through them to pick up a lead on where to take his investigation next. Okay, well that sounds like it would do what else I might want to do here anyway. So I think I will set about trying to leave this somewhere unobtrusive. Sure. Unobtrusive. There's a data cache that's smaller than the others, and it seems to be a stockpile of old diagnostic reports, things that would only be of use to an admin conducting maintenance on the server, something that would probably be unnoticed in most security sweeps by untrained personnel. You could drop it here if you like, but given that this is an admin-only part of the server, whoever was last here has secured it pretty solidly with a cloud of angrily buzzing red ice insects. What would you like to do? Would you like to leave it here, or would you like to just insert it somewhere else where there's less security but risk it being found later. If you can find a server that is for, you know, all the records um, and dealings with various established minorities, there will be no security and nobody will notice anything. <laughs> nobody will ever look there. <laughs> so we're talking basically women, anybody of color, um, Anybody who's not I mean, part of the Elks Club, basically. That's not a bad suggestion. It's not a bad <laughs> suggestion. With it. If not for the fact that this was Psy, and people do care about those demographics because, well, you can market Money. to them, can't you? Okay. Um, Remember, folks, if it's free, you're the product. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very true. So what, what does it look like if uh, I would have to do to get it here? I just have to be making hmm. some... Yeah, you're just going to have to slide past that security. You've dealt with security yeah. like this before. There's a, a large concentration of it. There's a lot of it, but it's fairly simple security. And you could probably brute force your way past it without much trouble. I, I do think I want to. to leave it here out of preference. So, yeah. Yes. All right. So go ahead. Roll me a knowledge technology check. Is this pressure? I would say... Given that there are alarm klaxons ringing out in the atrium and the facility's on alert, your I'm in does not apply, unfortunately. Fair enough. Frank is going to holler down, Azure, I found some people and I've taken them captive. You hear someone else shout, <laughs> I'm sorry, I should have brought the class more candy. Good to hear you making uh, friends. Does that add to the Azure sense of, oh crap, uh, uh, we left Frank alone for a minute. Does that add to the pressure? I don't think I need to add to the pressure. 
Um, the thought of, the thought of uh, Frank being on his own for more than two minutes gives any of the members of the team a headache. What has happened to P.U. and Charlie? Yeah, we'll get to them in a moment. I'm just seeing what happens at the... I wanted to do the server room and then we'll go to... Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Do you have another glitch? I do. Charlie's... Yeah, because I, I can spend a glitch to reduce it and that'll pass it, but at the moment it's not going to pass it. Okay, I'll hand you my last glitch. Oh my gosh. Thank you very much. Azura, your rolls so tonight. I'm so bad This <laughs> is because I went back to the other die. Yeah, that die needs to be given a stern yeah. talking to, I think. Just, just go away for now. All right, all right. Well, that gets me 14 with the... Uh, 14. Oh, lowers the DC by... Nice. Four. You send out a couple waves of junk data, and that's enough to brute force your way past the ice. You duck under the remainder of the angrily buzzing insects and slide Solitaire's back door into the data cluster. Mission accomplished. You reach up, grab your jack-in cable and pull it out. Feel your stomach lurching as you're dropped back down into meat space. Just in time to get out of here. We go to PU. Hey you, you've stepped into the staff lounge and immediately the first thing you hear just behind you is Rusty say pant, 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 wagging his tail as he charges ahead of you towards a wooden coffee table in the centre of the room where a half-eaten cheeseburger sits next to a deck of cards and a couple of hands laid out on the table. Aside from that, there's little else in the staff lounge, save for three separate vending machines, each of them apparently dispensing a different flavour of gamer juice. The other end of the staff lounge, there's a little concrete staircase that descends down into a corridor that leads further into the facility. He scratches at his neck. He doesn't really have the time to be scarfing around with cans of gamer juice uh, trying to get into the into the dispensers, but he is he is thinking about it uh, in between <laughs> trying to pull the half-eaten hamburger out of uh, the dog's jaws to share. Growl, um, growl. Rusty, learn to share, says Charlie, and the dog whimpers, hangs its head as it relinquishes the cheeseburger. Between between bites of old che cheeseburger, he turns back to Charlie and says, Now, listen, you keep your liquid crystal dome on a swivel, yeah? We don't know what's coming up ahead. Uh, we just keep it low profile, yeah? He says, slinking towards the concrete stairs. Whimper. Charlie ends the dog follow your lead. You make your way across the staff lounge and as you begin making your way down the staircase into the corridor, noticing a bleak, narrow, concrete hallway ahead of you, I would like you, PU, to go ahead and make a presence check for me and you can add plus two if you have perception. I don't, but I do have stealthy and as PU is trying to get around this area, keeping it low key, is, could I potentially help use that to help myself? Sure. If you want to go straight to stealth, go ahead. Roll me an agility stealth check. So an agility... Oh, it's not great. It's going to be a plus three, plus two for stealthy. Ten total. Ten total? Let's say the DR is ten for now. 
seeing what you're doing, Charlie makes a hand motion and hangs back a little bit. Rusty continues following you, but he's moving slowly, carefully. You can only barely hear the whirring of his joints as you round the corner and find yourself about to pass what, according to your map, is the lab. Moving quietly, slowly, the people within the lab don't notice you arriving, and there is most certainly people within the lab. You can hear the soft murmur of voices in conversation. You can't quite make out what they're saying with the door solidly shut. You catch a couple of words here and there. Specimen, coefficient, results. Ugh, nothing worse than fucking nerds, Pew says, reaching to pull uh, two of his two newly purchased hand grenades from his uh, from his pockets out of his deep, crusty jeans. <laughs> oh, yeah, Charlie, you don't have ears, do you? If you do, I suggest you plug them. He shakes his TV head. Right, then uh, Pew is going to tap the door open uh, with the edge of his hand and roll the two grenades into the room before pulling the door shut. <laughs> Slides the door open just an inch, just long enough to see two doctors clad in white lab coats hunched over what appears to be a body on a stretcher. And then you slide in the grenades, pulling the door shut, and wait. Pew, Pew slams his back up against the wall away from the door in order to brace himself for the incoming explosion. BANG! The wall at your back rattles. You hear a scream from the other side of the door. Charlie rushes forward, sliding the door the rest of the way open, raises his sawn-off shotgun and sends off one round, two rounds, blasting the one doctor who managed to get away. And it's at this point of time that you, Frank, holding these two scorpions at gunpoint who are in detail recounting every choice that led them to where they are today, hear the sound of an explosion from down the corridor, down towards where PU is. Even the scorpions hear it, although they think somehow you're to blame. Both of them whimper and throw themselves forward in the fetal position, hiding from you. Frank is going to open up his hand, and his little toy dragonfly is going to... If you look at the map, you'll see where I've sent Spot. Yeah. Spot. Spot flies out of your coat, his little wings vibrating as he takes to the air, zooming down the corridor, flitting one inch at a time, bzz, 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 between one spot on the wall to the next, to the next, to the next, carefully surveilling anything between here and the specimen room. Frank, go ahead and make me a knowledge check, and you may add your... May, I may add plus two for your perception. Oh, okay. Um, uh, six? Yeah, I didn't roll very good, did I? Charlie will offer you a glitch. 
his last glitch. Oh, um... If you'd like to take it. Well, um... Is, is what I'm likely to see something that's subtle or not? Hmm... Because if it's subtle, no, it's I'm not... more than happy to miss it. He's basically looking to make sure that yeah, that explosion this... didn't mean that PU needs help. This wouldn't be subtle. This would just be to forewarn you that whether there is or is indeed not any danger in that direction. Oh, right. Okay. Um, yes, he will go ahead and he will take advantage of the glitch. And he'll roll a seven, which becomes with, a nine. Which becomes a nine. Don't worry, the DR was only eight for this. It's not a very long corridor. Oh, okay. So, as Spot zooms around the corner, he uploads his feed directly into your RCD. And here's what you see. There's a metal desk at the end of the corridor in front of the specimen's room. A guard's desk. And this is presumably where those two scorpions you're holding at gunpoint came from. But there's a third person at the desk. Someone who seems a bit higher ranked than those scorpions. Rather than wearing the telltale leather jackets with the scorpion logos, he's dressed in a long, flowing red cloak. Kind of like what you'd expect a wizard or uh, someone in a monastic order to wear. And as soon as he hears the explosion, he jumps to attention, slides a gun out of the drawer under the desk, slips a clip into it, and begins to charge in the direction of where you know P.U. and Charlie to be. Uh... Okay, so basically he's about to go run, and then I'm going to shoot him in the back is what you're saying. If you're quick enough. Yeah, I'm just going to get the cricket bat out, and as he runs past, I'm just going to whack him in the back of the head. Hold out your hand and spot lands on your palm. You quickly slide him back into your jacket as out comes the cricket bat and you're charging down the corridor just as this man clad in red robes comes around the corner. Go ahead and roll a strength athletics check for me, please. Oof. That's mm -hmm. only an eight. Only an eight. You almost got him. You're ready to celebrate. The bat's about an inch away from the back of his head when something, perhaps some supernatural sense, alerts him to the fact that you're there. And then moving with a speed that is very obviously not normal, he ducks, allowing your cricket bat to sail over his head and slam loudly into the concrete wall. P.U., go ahead, roll initiative for me, please. An agility yeah, can check. do. Oh, yikes. Unideal, that's a five total. Mm. Would you like to glitch that? Do you have any left, or is uh, everyone out I already? <laughs> do, in fact, have a glitch, but I want to save it. You want to save it. Lovely, fair enough. You hear the clang of the cricket bat, and you hear Frank call out, P.U., watch out! You whirl around just in time to see the man in red robes round the corner. He oh, raises shit. his hand, pointing a fairly 
old-fashioned revolver at you, but his finger doesn't tighten on the trigger. Instead, he raises his other hand, brandishing an empty palm, closes his eyes, and purses his lips as he unleashes a nanopower. Hey, you, go ahead to make a presence check for me. Can do. Call that a, uh, ooh, a 13. 13. Nice. Psychic scalpels shoot from the man's palm, glowing white psychic blades. You stand firm and your sheer willpower protects you from the brunt of the attack. Several of the little psychic blades flickering and disappearing before they reach you. Only the last two or three manage to actually get to you, nicking the surface of your skin. You take... Oh, not 3d10. You take eight points of damage, halved Holy to four. Holy shit. And Psychic Scalpels bypasses armor, so you take four points of damage. Can I activate my 17 alarm ramen to take two points instead? You sure can. Uh, I'd like to think that it's more so PU doesn't have all that much to psychically attack, so he's, yeah. he's doing all right. You open your mouth and let out a burp as you feel the capsaicin overwhelm your senses and the spice kicks in. All right. Hey, you, you're up. What would you like to do? Uh, Pew's going to return the favor on this kindly red-robed man and uh, unleash his smart guns on this on this motherfucker. Yeah, go ahead. Uh... Ooh, so agility plus three. So that's going to be a 12 for the first attack. 12 uh, hits. Go ahead, roll the damage. Fantastic. Using dual wielder, uh, I'm going to be rolling the 2d6. And I'd like to go ahead and pop an armor piercing booster as well. Mm, just nice. to pump it out. Slide past his armor. Uh, and why not? Let's do this nicely and go ahead and use my glitch to... Maximum damage, this guy. Nice. How much damage are we looking at? So he's going to be taking 12 damage, and we're going to be ignoring six points of armor. Mmm. You finish your burp, close your mouth, and smile back at him as you raise your smart guns and set loose and let loose. He waves his hand frantically around him, summoning psychic barriers to try and deflect your bullets, but. He's too slow. His red robes turn a darker shade of crimson as you riddle him full of bullets and he goes down, gurgling. His last words as he looks up into your face. You curse, you shortfall collective. <laughs> Learn to shoot, shithead. Can I, he's can I, done. Can I can I say what Frank was doing and can it can, can it can, can it come off? Yeah, what was Frank doing? You basically said this guy got attacked by Frank, ignored him, ran, and then attacked his mate PU. <laughs> so Frank is going to build up maximum speed between where he is standing and that wall. Oh my god. <laughs> and this red thing is in between him and the wall. No, I don't think there is anything between yeah. Frank and the wall at this point. There's because a squelch. It, As... it, it bothers him that he went and attacked P.U. and Charlie. So... <laughs> Shit, hey Frank! You, you good? Are you, Squelching. Are you, are you okay? 
Yeah, I got Charlie. a couple scratches, but I'm alright. Thanks, big guy. Charlie, you you okay? Charlie flashes a thumbs up and looks down at the floor where, after some sickening, squelching, cracking sounds, there's little left of this man other than a bloody smear on the concrete, some red robes, and somehow the man's head still mostly intact. So Charlie just walks up to it, shrugs, points his shotgun down at it and fires. I gotta get back to my prisoners. They're they're admitting their sins. (laughs) You guys okay here? Yeah, we'll handle it, big guy. Thanks for the help, though. Frank, as you turn to make your way back to your prisoners, you see that they're no longer where you left them. They're long gone by this point, having run off during the chaos, and where one of them was kneeling on the ground, there's a very, very nasty-smelling puddle of liquid. A nat 20, and all he could get is one puddle from one of them, and they got up enough nerve to run away. That's it. His next skill is gonna have to be intimidation. Correction. I said one puddle that, well, Frank, you think would be fitting of your, someone of your size, but then you take a look at it on second thought. A puddle that big, that has to be two guys worth of piss. Well, that's a little <laughs> bit better, but they still, they still ran. They still I ran. you? It's Frank, <laughs> have you seen them? <laughs> I'm gonna so, go and make sure that Azura's alright. Yeah, you step through the door of the server room just as Azure's sliding the cable back into her cyber deck. How aware looking of anything you. that just happened am I? Um, you were in cyberspace, so as far as you know, you've dropped back into meat space. Frank's come walking into the room, his boots are covered in blood, his cricket bat has scuff marks and more blood on it. How are your friends doing, Frank? Oh. Oh, they're all right. We just went and had a bit of a chat. Uh, Rusty's got a new ball. <laughs> Somewhere nice. in the distance, you hear Rusty shout, Bark! 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 So, hey, you. You've got free reign now. You can head into the lab, surve- head into the lab survey the carnage you made, or you can continue back down to the specimens and free them. I think in this case, I'd like to go ahead and check out the lab first, see what's left over of yeah. these uh, folks I smeared on the wall. With the doors, help. the stores, doors still ajar. You stand in front of it, take a look in, and there's a big black scorch mark in the middle of the room. The dretcher with the body on it has tipped over. The body's rolled about two feet away from the epicenter of the explosion and seems to have suffered some collateral damage as it's missing one of its arms. One of the doctors lies in a heap in front of a desk against the northern wall of the room, his coat singed black. And the other doctor lies just beyond the doorframe, his coat painted red with buckshot and blood from Charlie gunning him down as he was rushing towards you with the little smart gun in his left hand. Uh... He will gladly pick up the extra smart gun, check it for a mag to see if he can't score some extra ammo. Indeed, um, there's one mag in it. You slide fantastic. it out, drop it into your stockpile. Um, and then Pia will quickly uh, dress over them with a cheery whistle just to check and see if they have anything of interest on them. 
and then take to looking around the lab to see if you can't spot anything that might be uh, described as interesting for the scorpions and potentially destructible. Mm, so, hey, you go ahead, make me a knowledge or presence investigate check. I'll take the presence on that. Thank you. Ooh, yikes, that's a six total. Hmm. If there's anything that survived the explosion from the grenades, you don't think it would be anything worth taking. Most of the desks and cupboards are empty. They're filled with empty test tubes, glasses, clean surgical utensils. This is less of a lab, more of an autopsy room. It seems that the most interesting thing going on was the examination of the body. And, well, the grenades have done a number on that. There's bits of intestine and gore and skin lying pulled around the center of the room. The body itself is still mostly intact, but with the damage it suffered, there's no way that someone like you could figure out what sort of autopsy they were conducting. Can I get an, can I get a look at the body, see if it's anyone that we're interested in, or is it is it properly toasted? Yeah, the, unless you had access to dental records, probably safe to say you're not going to be able to identify this person, especially now that half of their face has been blasted away. Fair enough. Um, well, given that I, I assume most of anything of note is properly destroyed in this room, satisfied that whatever the scorpions would have liked out of this area is now demolished, uh, P will make his way over to the, uh, to the prisoners yeah. to check in on them. Good boy, Rusty, says Charlie as he holds up his hand, stopping you from it leaving the room just as... Rusty slides his multi-tool back into his mouth and a little compartment on the underside of one of the desks slides open. Charlie reaches under and waves in your face a data chip. Ooh, good going. What's that, a little doohickey, a little extra? If I had to guess, says Charlie, probably experiment notes. Definitely worth a nab, probably worth a bonus, that too. We're racking up the crits tonight. Don't suppose you're keen to uh, have a listen, says Charlie. Hover, Fuck no, holding. leave that to Chrome Dome. Charlie nods. Ah, could be sensitive information. Drops it into his pack and gestures for you to move on. You... I, I ain't looking to get fried, thank you. Who knows what they put on that shit. You make your way towards the specimen room, and by this time, Azure has finished up her job in the server room, and as you're rounding the corner towards the specimen cells, you see Frank and Azure making their way towards you from the server room. Azure, you quickly survey the carnage left in the wake of Frank and PU's activities before you rejoin the rest of the group. Ah, evidence of a chat. Does, um, P.U. see the two smart pistols on the floor? I'd say, yeah, P.U., Charlie, and Azure, you see the two smart pistols lying on the floor next to a big, noxious-smelling puddle. Yeah, I was hoping to grab those and the uh, ancient revolver, if I can, from the red yeah. smush guy. Pry it out of his hold hand, slide it into your bag, and as you reach for the two smart guns, Charlie looks over at you and says, 
P.U. Those are... Frank made those men pee the... Oh, what am I saying? It's nothing worse than what I do to Axie. You guys have all seen way worse there. Yes, well, it's on you yeah. to find a buyer for those then, not me. I don't want anything to do with them, says Charlie. More creds for me, I ain't complaining. Turn around and take in the sight of the quote-unquote specimen storage room. There'd be no way to know from this side of the door that you're looking at a prison cell. It's a door like any other in this facility. A thick metal door, automatic, no door handle or any kind of physical lock. There's a facade, that there's a placard on the door reading specimen storage authorized personnel only and the only hint at what type of specimens those may be is the sound of voices nervously chittering on the other side of the door <gasps> hear that that was gunfire <gasps> someone's coming to help us no no shh be quiet it could be more of them it could be that that short full collective you understand shh um Pew uh, will approach the door, cracking his knuckles, and say, uh, It doesn't look any tougher than anything I've seen before. Uh, and he'll pull out his... Uh, oh, wh what type of lock did you say it was? Electronic or it's mechanic? It's an electronic lock. You'll have to work on the keycard reader just by the door. Uh, Chrome Dome, reckon I can get a hand with this one? Sure. I will do what I can to assist. Yeah. Right, make me a knowledge technology roll, please. And you can use your eye min for this, no time pressure. They're both 12. Um, that's... <laughs> plus 4 is 16. As Rusty steps forwards and uses his multi-tool mouth to unscrew the panel on the card reader, you slide your link cable in, do a perfunctory search of the security, disable the main firewall, and leave a path wide open for PU. Hey, you go ahead and roll to unlock it, and you may roll with advantage. Ooh, don't mind if I do. Ooh, yikes, unideal. Uh, so I'll be making a knowledge check, correct? And then knowledge I'll be doing yep. B and E. Um, which, will give, which will reduce it by two, I believe. Uh, B and E drops the knowledge check to 10 yeah. to open electronic locks. Yep, so reduce it reduce it to 10 and then you get plus two for your uh for stealthing your yeah or your thievery rather thievery right up uh so four oh i rolled a six total then unideal unideal and frank frank at this point is gonna hold up a hand he says i i have a i have figured out if we come to doors i have figured out a way for me to check to see if it's safe or uh, uh, you know, before you guys could get hurt. Do, do you want me to try? He was cursing to himself under his breath as he's struggling with the electronic lock. He's much better with mechanical things. So, yeah, fuck it, you take a crack at the thing. There's an electronic buzz. Bzzz, unauthorized intruder as you're locked out of the system. And if Azure had not deactivated the security, P.U. would find himself suffering a nasty electric shock right now. Oh, and also poison gas would be Ooh. currently filtering into the cell to dispose of the evidence contained within. Luckily, it, it, that's not happening. 
Whoever's on the other side of the door seems to take that electronic buzz as a bad sign, though. You hear someone hiss, shh, shh. And then it looks like, Frank, it's on you to get that door open. Well, no, Frank is first going to show them the cunning technique he has figured out for checking past the door. What he's going to do is he's going to lean up to the wall and he's going to push his head through the wall so that he can <laughs> see what's on the other side. <laughs> yeah, I won't make him roll for that. He just approaches the wall and Kool-Aid mans the top half of his body through it, sticking his head through the hole. You peer through into the threadbare prison cell on the other side, Frank, and the first thing you see is a malnourished-looking old man, a extremely terrified-looking middle-aged woman with blonde hair whose eyes are currently white as dinner plates, and a young boy who looks up, sees your face poking through the hole, points at it, and just begins to scream at the top of his lungs as the old man and the middle-aged woman step in front of him fearfully. We'll, we'll have you folks out of here in no time. Don't you worry about nothing. The and old man. He's just going to reach around and open the door from the inside. He's just going to twist the doorknob until it... Yeah, twist it until it snaps, and then finally the door slides open. The rest of you pile into the cell and find the three prisoners huddled at the back. The two older prisoners standing guard over the kid who, while no longer screaming, still has his eyes transfixed on Frank, peeking between the legs of the two adults. Hey, cool I'm you like like kid. He's a big softy. Who, yeah. who, uh, who are you? Says the old man, not letting down his guard. And are you with the Shortfall Collective? If we were, is that a good thing for you? Hmm. Go ahead and make me a presence check, please, PU. Sure. And add plus two if you have Persuade. I do not have Persuade, unfortunately, uh, but I got a ten total. Ten total. The old man looks at you, studying you for a moment. Then does... A, a metal grin back at him. He nods as his gaze moves to the next of you, and he briefly examines all of you, and then he shrugs and he says, Ah, you know. Heard the, someone shouting something over the radio about them. Shortfall collective must be enemies of these lot. The woman beside him nods. She smiles and shrugs and she says, Uh, you know, we kind of figured, uh, you know, friend, uh, enemy of your enemy is your friend. But then we heard all that carnage outside and we thought maybe these shortfall collective people might be someone even worse than what we're dealing with. She pauses for a moment. Well, folks, if I can put your mind at ease, there ain't it anyone might be safer left. To discuss, it might be safer to discuss who we are once we leave. Mm. Right. I, I gotta oh. say, though, it's uh, interesting you guys had radios back here, so you're good on your bullshit, but we don't have time to question it. Let's get, let's get schmoovin'. The old man narrows his eyes. You look like mercenaries. 
So someone's clearly sent you here to do something based on the fact that uh, you don't seem to know who we are. I can only guess that we were a bonus objective. Uh, what I know you are is paycheck one, two, and three. So let's get you out of here in one piece before Frank has to carry on a body bag. Right, right. Uh, lead on then, says the old man. The woman nods and the little boy steps forwards. One of his arms still wrapped around her legs. Uh, <laughs> my name's Julius, by the way, says the old man. And this is Deirdre and little Johnny. Yeah, yeah, pleasure to meet the lot of you. What is in the second specimen's room? Hmm, would you like to check, Frank? Well, uh, uh, Adam would love to check. Frank is just starting. Yeah. So when Azure cracked into the security, she ascertains that the second specimen room didn't have people in it, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's empty. Um... You, you folks uh, know what's on the other side of this, Julius? He says tapping on the big wall uh, in between the two uh, sets. Yeah. Used to be four more of us in there. Used to. He hangs his head. The woman beside him does the same. And then little Johnny peeks out. His eyes still wide as dinner plates. They take them one by one and they don't come back. Yeah, Grizzly. Um... Frank, you want to check for us? Frank goes in and just misses the door. Uh, <laughs> Kool-Aid man through the wall. Yep. A klaxon begins to sound as the control panel lights up. Unauthorized! Unauthorized! But there's no one to respond to the call. You burst through the wall and into an empty cell. At least, mostly empty. Thanks to your perception, Frank, I will allow you to notice right there under the bed in the corner of the room what looks like a Polaroid photo dropped, discarded, hidden in the shadow. I'll grab the Polaroid. Slide it out, hold it up, and find the face of the girl. Finds the face of Emily McCauley staring back at you. What you got posing, there, big guy? She's posing in the photo. There's a, an austere-looking man in a suit and a fairly sophisticated-looking woman on her right, each with a hand on her shoulders. It's a photo of her, presumably her parents as well. Hand it. We don't want it to dissolve, so I hand it to Azure. Yeah, I'll grab it. Keep it safe. I, I, I think we can't let Pu hold it. <laughs> it will it will dissolve. I agree, says P. Says Charlie. He takes one look at the photo and then he turns to the prisoners. He says, "Say, uh, you said there were others, right? Anyone by the name of Emily, a young girl?" Three prisoners exchange glances. The boy shakes his head. Deirdre follows suit, adding, No, not for a while. And then the old man pauses for a moment. He opens his mouth as if he's about to say something and then stops. He too hangs his head, shaking it. 
Well, go on then. Don't be shy. Uh, you, you, we're your way out. So you might as well spill whatever beans you got. P.U., make me another presence persuade check, please. Sure. Uh, that one's much better, being a 20 dirty. 20 dirty. Nice. Oh, uh, the man says, Well, it's just, uh, Emily McCauley. Well, what if I told you you weren't the first who'd been sent to look for her, eh? Uh, telling us we're set up or what? No, just that whoever's after her clearly wants to get her back and the last people they sent he looks around at the cell and he shrugs he says, I, well, the last operative they sent uh, ended up in here. Uh, shit, well they on us and we're uh, professionals, ain't that right crew? Yep, professionals, yeah, sure. Professional get out. Yeah, so, Frank is in the background going... Doing his, his Clint Eastwood and his drawing of the, uh, of the Sentinel gun. Yeah. You feel lucky, punk? Uh, yes, uh, maybe we should make a move, says Julian, says Julian as he gestures for you to lead the way. Um, just as a quick note, before we uh, scarper fully, um, P would like to uh, leave a note on the wall next to the lab here, using maybe one of the pens or something from the lab, uh, scrolling, thanks for the chip. Uh, uh, what was the name of the collective, excuse me? The, uh, the Shortfall uh, thank Collective. Thanks for the chip, signed the Shortfall Collective. It's terribly <laughs> misspelled, and there's a whole bunch of letters that are backwards. Um, but it's a it's a marker left to uh, to leave a trail in the wrong direction. Oh, of course. See, you see, Julian Ray's. Go ahead, Frank. Frank sees what PU's doing. He grasps the idea. As per usual, he's weak on the execution. He doesn't have a pen, but there's a large body with a lot of red brown liquid <laughs> in it right there where he's standing. So he's going to be writing. He's going to be finger painting the same message. In red robed guy. Little Johnny Inky found. Little Johnny screams again and buries his face in Deirdre's pants. She looks away, half disgusted, and Julian just raises an eyebrow. He looks as if he's about to say something, then he shrugs, holding his tongue, and he just turns towards the other two and mutters, Let's uh let's not ask questions, huh? It's all part of professional behavior. You guys wouldn't get it. It's about sending a message. Right, says Charlie. And the other important question is, how are we getting out of here? Back down through the atrium? That will get us perhaps on the far side, further away from our uh, getaway vehicle. Um, but it might be the safer route. Yeah, I ain't exactly looking to walk through a crowd full of scorpions. They probably got fucking half their crew that was set up at the uh, at the clubhouse uh, earlier. We might have to make a, a make a hole in the wall outside. Uh, well, outside. we got the perfect tool for that. He says, slapping yeah, Frank do. on the back. Well, if you point to whichever wall it is that you want him to start making, he just starts making a tunnel. 
I think uh, what, what we're insinuating is once we're, at, yeah, once we get to the dumpster through the atrium exit, we're gonna bust yeah, through that wall and go around through the car park and make a break for it. You don't well, mind yeah. getting wet, do you? Says Charlie, addressing the prisoners. They all three of them look back, blank looks on their face. Uh, n no, I, I don't think so. Says Deirdre. Good. Charlie gestures for you to lead on. Let's go for a swim then. Sure, <laughs> the water's safe. Nothing bad happened last time. You make your way back to the atrium. There's no one left, at least no one able to get to you to give you much, to, to, to try to stop you along the way. And when you return to the atrium, the alarm klaxons are still ringing. There's an occasional token pound on the door to the north, but the scorpions still evidently haven't managed to figure out a way to get to you. And as you gather around the manhole in the smoker's courtyard, as oh. Frank leans down and grabs the chunk of metal and begins to slide it out of the groove, Julian looks over at you, P.U., with an eyebrow raised, he looks around, scanning the empty atrium, and he says, Uh, you, uh, didn't happen to run across a, uh, any other prisoners, did you, on your way here? Pew, um, yeah, Pew, like, uh, goes to grab the, sh the strap of his backpack, feeling the weight of the disembodied head in it. Um... Uh, Maybe. Does it matter much? It might. See, remember what I said about Emily McCauley? Well, wasn't just one operative sent in to recover her. Uh, well... And quick question, um, P. Remembering how the uh, how the head reacted to seeing uh, that dangerous substance that he had in those vials before. Y you folks ain't um, infected, are you? By chance, uh, you know, got some creepy, crawly, nasty bits running about. Nanos, uh, <sighs> well, Deidre and Johnny here have. A very mild variant, Johnny holds out his hand and you see little colours appear in the air, much like a D&D &D wizard prestigitating. Deirdre follows suit and you see her blonde hair change colour to brown. Me though, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time, says Julian, clasping a hand on his chest. But, I think I know what you mean. I'm gonna hardball here, he says, thinking. You found someone's head, and it came to life when you uh, exposed it to a certain substance. Am I in the right ballpark? Pew's putting his hand over his forehead as if to shield his, uh, his limited brain power. He says, Are you sure you ain't one of those infected freaks? I... And... If I'm right, these two shouldn't be in danger either, but I'm going to need you to be open and honest with me. And that goes for the rest of you as well, he says, eyeing Charlie, Frank, and Azure. 
It's obvious you're not with the shortfall collective. As he starts to speak and say, it's obvious that your Frank just simply picks him up and says, that's enough talking to you until, uh, uh, for you until we are off this facility. You understand mm-hmm. me? Do mm-hmm. you understand me? You keep making you- noises. Uh, Frank, cut him some slack. He might actually have something worth saying. Set him down. Did not hurt him, but he was aware of how strong I was. He was. and He was mumbling a bit behind the hand you had on his mouth, protesting, but he quickly did shut up to his credit. When you lower him down, he just looks up at you and you see him visibly gulp. Frank, what is is your strength? Uh, plus three. I'm gonna say that's sufficient. Julian looks to the rest of you. He holds up his hands, showing that they're empty, showing that he's not a threat, and he says... Okay. I was sent by the Shortfall Collective. We were to secure the girl, Emily McCauley. It was me and one other guy, goes by the name of Sinetti. Yes, yeah, so you've already been a snake. You already lied once. What's stopping Frank from snapping your neck right now, huh? Because, he says, holding up his hands, you've got no reason to kill me. I can help. And the Shortfall Collective aren't your enemies, at least not in this situation. It seems like we're both after the same thing, and... Technically, you did the Shortfall Collective a favor by rescuing me. Not to put too fine a point on it, you ain't high enough on the order to know whether or not we're collective or not. And as I said before, that's enough talking for you. No Uh, more. No more. No more. Holds up his... His hand still held, he quickly spurts out a flurry of words that almost merge together into a single- a sentence that merges together into one long single word. I can give information! Shoot there before Frank cuts you off. Uh, I'll discuss information later. Yeah, I, um, I, I think I've been- I think Frank has been- I mean- I think Frank's been very patient with nice. Him. The guy started to speak after Frank had made it very plain. The guy's unconscious now. Whether yeah. he had a broken neck or not, I don't know. He, he just steps forwards and, like Commander Shepard punching out the reporter in Mass Effect, it's just a quick thunk. Remember that. And he's on the floor. The other two hostages look up, wide-eyed, aghast, but neither of them say anything. Uh, a question. Mm-hmm. We didn't know anything about this shortfall thing, says Deirdre. Frank looks and says, You lot are real slow. I'm famously dumb. But I understand there will be no more talking. Yeah, let's, let's keep it short and quick. We can talk on the other side. Let's get you folks out. Hmm. Pew says, and he, as he perhaps have a jump in. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, go on, Azor. <laughs> Sorry. Um... When I was looking at, uh, when I deactivated all the uh, turrets before, was there 
any connection to cameras that I remember that it would be easy to access from the same location. Mm. At this stage, with everything shut down, um, probably not. You could get that. You could use the same terminal used before near the cold storage, but you've already been in and out of the system, so it would be a bit more difficult to get back in again. You'd right. almost certainly leave. Well, it wouldn't be difficult. It'd be very easy for someone like you, but you'd probably definitely leave a trace this time. I think, uh, like, we, they know we're here. They know someone's here. I'm more uh, worried about obscuring exactly who it was that was here, so it might be still an idea to head over there and, and, and see what I can do about scrubbing the cameras. Up to you. Well, Frank is trying to get everybody into yeah. the hole and out. How long would that Frank's, take? Um, well, you know, these are malnourished prisoners. It's going to take about five to ten minutes for them to get safely down the hole. All right, I'll give it a shot in the meantime. Frank hoists Julian up off the floor, slings him over his shoulder, and then holds the manhole aloft as Charlie and P.U. begin to help Deirdre and Johnny. Their movements shaky, malnourished, deliberate, forceful. It takes more than a few minutes to first get them on the ladder. Second of all, get them down the ladder. Third of all, get them actually mobile and moving under their own power in the flowing sewage water underneath. And in the meantime, Azure makes her way to the cold storage door, slides her cable into the already dismantled panel and jacks in. And Azure, what are you looking, which camera specifically are you looking to access? Um, pretty much anywhere where we would have been. So like the atrium, the yeah. corridors down to the servers and the lab area. I don't need to touch anything out the, yeah. in this, but possibly around the front as well. All right, give me a knowledge technology check and I'll tell you what you find. I'm in? Question mark? I'm, I'm in will apply, yes. That's a natural 20. Natural 20. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Finally, a good hacking roll. <laughs> they already know, know right? you're they already know you're here. You're not too concerned with leaving traces. You do the bare minimum to scrub any identifying information, but if they learn someone was in their system, that doesn't particularly bother you. So you're able to work quickly and efficiently, getting into the cameras, cycling through all the feeds, and in just under 60 seconds, you've filled your RCD with each of the feeds, monitoring the facility for a short while, building yourself a comprehensive picture of what awaits. The building to the south, the majority of the building and its innards, the corridors, the imaging rooms, the lounges, the labs, they're all mercifully empty. There wasn't much of a security detail posted and you've made short work of them. To the north, however, the waiting area and the parking lot outside. In the waiting area, six scorpions are gathered. Three of them are around the door, feebly still banging at it, while the other three scorpions get to work 
wiring up some sort of improvised device, threading red wires through blue ones, hooking up a green one from one mechanism to another. And out in the courtyard, there's another group of scorpions, four or five of them, just parked right in front of the entrance to reception, their guns drawn and trained on the main entrance. Fantastic. Atrium sewer hole is the way to go, I think. <laughs> you rejoin the others just as the prisoners have been lowered down. You hear the kid Johnny call out, ah, yeah! Quickly, Deirdre quickly shushing him, shh, shh. And then one by one, you all make your way down the ladder. A few minutes later, you've joined the prisoners and are once again wading through that waste high, putrid, black, noxious smelling sludge. Don't Frank will happily carry the three unconscious or the three prisoners. He'll just he'll just platform his arms and just carry them above the sewage so because their their immune system would be totally shot. Yeah, good idea. So Frank's like leading the way. It's a narrow enough tunnel. You have to move in single file and Frank's at the head, this big bulky mining robot blocking out any ambient light from the end of the tunnel. He's got Julian unconscious slung over his right shoulder. He's got Deirdre with her arms wrapped around his neck hanging from his back and little Johnny riding on the right shoulder kicking the back of his heels into Frank's body like he's giddying up a horse. Frank, Azure and P.U. though, as you wade your way down this tunnel through this noxious muck, I'd like you all to make toughness checks for me. Oh, we don't have any glitches left. That's not going to be good. Indeed, you did not. 13? Yikes, I got a 7. 7? And P.U., how about you? Oh, P.U. got a 7. Oh, yeah, sorry, and Frank. I'm not expecting Frank to fail on this one, though. For whatever reason, my uh, browser just suddenly just shut. Hang on a second, just give me another few seconds. Um... Okay... Uh, so 13 or 14, I think. Yeah, you passed. Charlie and Azure and Frank can feel once again that uncomfortable squirming feeling. Things, unseen living creatures in the water squirming on the surface of your skin, trying to burrow deeper, trying to make their way into your nervous system. You keep brushing your arm, your forearms and your chest, pushing them off you only for them to continue seconds later. It's relentless, it never ends, it seems to grow more and more intense until you finally reach the end of the tunnel and find yourselves staring up at the ladder leading to the surface. P.U. though, you don't even get this far. You get about halfway down the tunnel when suddenly a sharp pain rings out at the base of your neck, shooting down your spine, all the way down your body, and you take... Oh shit, well, little fuckers nip me! Four points of damage, but you oh, need fuck. armor. 
Okay, I think I will because that's a lot of damage. Uh, oh, I managed to circumnavigate three of that. Three of that. As soon as you feel the pain, you instinctively slap your hand at the back of your neck, feeling something slimy. You pull it off, throw it into the water, and manage to get most of it off. Save for the tiny little dregs that remain that quickly melt into your skin. The pain increases. And for a split second, there's nothing in your world except agony as all your senses are overwhelmed. And then, as suddenly as it began, it stops, leaving nothing behind other than a feeling of mild nausea in the pit of your stomach, which you're an expert, P.U., at promptly ignoring it, squaring your shoulders and forcing it into the back of your mind. But I would like you to go ahead and roll a d12 for me. Ooh, sure, I don't like that. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it, P.U. is bound to get an infestation at some point, so... I'm surprised surprise you don't already. Uh, that's seven. You, you have many other non-nano infestations. Seven. You peer down at your hands and, to your great surprise, find powdery ice. Bits of what looks like powdered snow, tiny little bits of ice and icicles, mini, mini little icicle spires on the tips of your fingers, and you have acquired the Chill of the Void nanopower. Oh shit! Up to D4 targets, test toughness DR14 or take D4 damage. The next round, the test is DR16 and the damage taken is D8. In the third and fourth rounds, the test is DR16 and the damage is 2D10. Frost covers the area and snowflakes float in the air. But that's not all. Go ahead and roll a D20 for me. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is the fun bit. This, this is, is the not fun, fun bit. bit because that's an unlucky 13. Unlucky 13. You brush your hands together, shifting the powdered snow and icicles off, and then you notice some of them will not leave. And it's not just your hands. There's little crystalline substructures, small buds of crystal running across the palm of your hand, across your ankle, up your arm, and... You even peer down your shirt and see them glimmering there in the filth-encrusted chest hairs. You have acquired... Let me just stick it in Discord. Even you, have, crystalline. you have indeed acquired the crystalline infestation. Small buds of crystals cover your body. They expand, immobilizing you as the crystal covers your entire form. You will be unable to move for D3 rounds, and any damage taken during this time is tripled. But luckily, the infestation is not triggered. Not until you fail a nano-cast roll. And so, seeing these little buds of crystal, what is your reaction, P.U.? Ugh, oh fuck. Oh well, this isn't any worse than anything I've had before, but I don't think the duck's gonna be able to pull these ones out. Is, uh, is everything okay? Says Deirdre. Looking uh, over her shoulder, just... but 
from her vantage point on the back of Frank's neck, she can't really see you, nor can she see the little glimmering crystals that are suddenly coating your skin. I feel like I fell in a in a bottle of bedazzled crystals. I, ugh, I hate it. Nano infested, she says matter of factly. I suppose you'll have to live with it now. <laughs> I can give you one piece of advice. Make sure you do your research before you uh, book yourself into any of the clinics you happen to see advertised in the feeds. Yeah, shit, no kidding. I don't know if PU's ever been to a doctor. The only doc I hit up is my Reaper doc on the on the Fifth Alley side street. You'll, you'll see him. <laughs> Frank, weighed down by the prisoners, it takes you a few minutes to get up the ladder. After three, four purposeful movements, you pull yourself up to the top of the ladder, slide the manhole out of the way, and one by one lift the prisoners and then the rest of the crew out of the hole. You scramble out onto the concrete of the parking lot and just around the corner in the parking lot proper you can see the scorpions their guns raised pointing at reception thankfully in this little alcove with that big dumpster pushed to the edge of the corner providing shelter they haven't noticed seven people just extricate themselves from the tunnels below Uh, Pew points out the side wall uh, that braces the edge of the parking lot and says, Frank, can you uh, knock down a hole in that wall for me, please? As quietly as possible. <laughs> Up to you how you'd like to do it, Frank. Um, yeah, he's just going to very, very, very... He's just going to put his boot up against it and just very gently increase the pressure until there is a hole. Hmm. Go ahead, make a strength check for me, and we'll see if you do manage to do that, or whether this wall is a bit weaker than you thought it was, and you don't quite know your strength. Well, you know, that's an entirely possible... Uh, well, it's a uh, 15, um, or a 17, depending on hmm. whether or not you wanted athletics. Everyone's silence. The air is as thick as a fresh, warm winter parka. Everyone silently, anxiously waiting to see what will happen, hoping that Frank doesn't make a noise and alert all of those scorpions standing at attention just meters away. Frank kicks out against the wall, plants the palm, plants the sole of his boot on the concrete, and grits his teeth as he digs it in, slowly increasing the pressure. A single hairline crack appears, emerging from the tip of Frank's boot, and it grows longer and longer, and then a second crack branches off that, and then a third, and it looks like... A grand tree is... It looks like one of those time-lapse videos of a seed sprouting and the stem rising and the full plant blossoming and taking form. Soon the concrete is crisscrossed with cracks. Frank gives one last grunt, shoves his leg forwards, and a portion of the wall tumbles away almost noiselessly. 
Well done, big guy. Let's get the fuck out of here. Pew says, scratching at his newly crystallized skin. <laughs> come on, come on, shouts Charlie as he grabs Deirdre's hand and begins to run through the hole. Rusty following along on all fours, tail wagging, barking in the night. Bark, 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 bark. You hear the sound of shouting behind you, hear the peal of gunfire, but you're already gone. A few minutes later, you're piling into Axie, the door slamming shut behind you, the engine roaring to life and tires squealing on asphalt as Axie carries you into the slums and to safety. With the rocking tunes, of course. The rocking tunes, of course. PU takes just enough time to glance at the rearview mirror to watch as the big concrete block that is the clinic recedes, swallowed up in the drab greys and browns of the slums. Breathes a sigh of relief and then smiles as he reaches over and turns the knob on the radio and his trail mix fills the tiny cabin. Did, uh, did Axie's uh, aircon start working or is it, uh, is there anyone else really cold in here? Mini. No, it's kind of warm at the moment. Uh... <laughs> The two prisoners that are conscious sit there in the back seat of Axie, looking nervously around as the lights and shapes of cars and buildings speed by. Julian, still unconscious, groans in discomfort as his body sinks into a pile of fast food wrappers, fungus and dirt. If you're to help yourself to any of that, guys, it's a uh, whole free game, he says, uh, picking at a piece of gum from the ceiling and popping it into his mouth. Uh, forgive me, says Deirdre, holding up her hands. I really appreciate the lengths you've gone to to rescue us, and uh, I'm not going to uh, question the uh, circumstances of our escape, but... This shortfall collective that Julian was talking about. Did any of that ring a bell to you? We uh, never, neither Johnny or I could get him to explain why he'd been locked up. It was obvious he didn't have nano powers, and all he said was that he was looking for someone. That sounds like he just got caught on the way in. Yeah, sounds like a chump. So, you're not part of this shortfall or whatever it is? Those short fucks can stick it. I ask because in this city, sometimes it would have been... Sometimes it might be preferable to uh, end up as a human test subject than be rescued by certain organizations that might consider it a life debt that I could never repay? Uh, you're fine. Well, we got our creds worth from somewhere else. You, uh, you'll do all right to be, you know, 
walking free in no time. Just don't get yourself scooped up again, because we won't save you again. Holds up her hands and nods. I understand, and don't get me wrong, I, I'll be providing a reward, as I'm sure the families of Johnny and Julius would do the same. I just, you know, I didn't sign up to be made, forced to become a sleeper operative or a double agent or, or any of that, and... You won't, snorts Julian, groaning as his eyes flicker open. Frank is going to look at the kid to show that it's all over and everything's better and, and that, that, that he shouldn't be afraid anymore and to heal a little bit of trauma. Frank is going to say to the little kid, Johnny, hey there, sport, want to play a little bit of basketball? And he's going to pull out his ball. Oh, no. <laughs> As you... one. Not the same one as before, a different one? No, this is the, this is the newer one, the one that's not deflated ah, yet. The one, yeah, the one that's Frank, not Frank, deflated Frank, yet. We can't, we can't play sports while we're driving. The, the kid looks over, and for a moment it looks like he's finally about to... Uh, uh, finally about to accept that he's safe and in good company, and... I feel like such a bastard. Not in any danger when out comes the decapitated head, his eyes immediately widen to the size of dinner plates, and he buries his face in Deirdre's arms once again. Does that ball even bounce? You have to to work it a bit, but, you know, it's not regulation. Listen, oh, imagine not. Listen, listen, says Julius, pulling himself up into a seating position, brushing some of the filth and tiny mushrooms that have taken root on his body. Look, I mean what I said about the Shortfall Collective. I don't know what run-ins you've had with them, but as far as I'm concerned, you did me a solid, and I will pay you back with information. But I need to know. Sinetti, did you locate him, or am I going to tell my employers that he's no longer a factor? Bryn, next time somebody's trying to give you to shut up while you're in the, mi- in the middle of an enemy base, shut the fuck up. Agreed. I guess. You should tell your employers that they need to demote your ass. Because you're dumb as a broom. I get it, there's a time and a place for everything, but I have my orders, and if I'm going to return home without having accomplished what I set out to do, then I may as well not have returned home at all. We don't yet know what we're doing with you, personally. Yeah, us and um, the short fox aren't on... uh... Smooth tides, per se, uh, between each other. Where are you planning on dropping us off, he says, his gaze looking out the window as one of size many pollution-choked canals paints the skyline outside as you move up onto one of the... one of the narrow bridges that will carry you into the ports. I think I think Julian might want to come and stay with us for a little bit while we work out 
how to proceed. Mm. So what does that mean? I'm a captive? A guest. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, the word that we're looking to buy good favor with so we don't get fucking stuck. You know, you're like a sacrificial pig, per se. It's much nicer than that. I, I just had an idea. I know it's not normally my job to have ideas, but I've had an idea, and I think it's probably a good idea. Christ, who are you? Who are you doing, Frank? <laughs> this collective, they're one of them gang type things of people who got tiny peepees and have to make compensation for the fact that they got inadequacies, right? Give or take, yeah. And sure, let's go with that. We don't want to be, they don't want to be seen as weak, right? They pride themselves on efficiency and reliability, sure. And the fact that they completely blew ass and failed totally in this last mission ain't gonna do their cred very good, right? I guess I can see where you're coming from. Imagine the fun we could have if that was public. Or better yet, how much better for us if everybody thinks that the Shortfall Collective done it and nobody comes looking for us. Square on the nose, Frank. I can see what you're saying, and it's a good idea, he nods, but there's a question that must be asked, and that is that you have someone working for the Shortfall Collective right here in this taxi. And, oh, I think, I think I get it, yes. You're saying that for this plan to work, that I should absolutely not return to my handlers. Well, proposition for you then, he says. He takes a moment to think about how exactly to word what he's about to say. And then he says, I give you everything I know about the collective, their mission, about that clinic, anything your employer might find useful. And then, you drop me off on the side of the road. I take these two with me. We all disappear. I tap into some of the things I've had set aside for a rainy day. The three of us get out of Psy. And the Shortfall Collective, as far as they've concerned, somebody's made a big mess down at Origin Cafe. Or maybe you tell us what your missions were. We figure out the shit we couldn't give a stuff about. We turn you loose with just enough crumbs so that you look like you succeeded at least partially in your mission. These two, we're going to get them home and safe because you're incompetent and dumb. And we went to a lot of effort to get these people out alive. Now you go back to the shortfall. You make it look like shortfall has been successful. Shortfall blows its own trumpet because let's face it, that's what you fellas do. And everybody's thinking Shortfall Collective took on this clinic. These two folks get away nice and safe. You've gotten at least some of the objectives that you wanted. And our customers get what they want. And you don't end up in a uh, ditch that we pull up to along the way. 
He watches as another taxi, much cleaner than this one, screams past to the right. As you turn off a road and descend down into the ports, the multicoloured neon sights, sounds and debauchery of the entertainment district swallows Axie. And then he says, That sounds reasonable to me. He leans forwards, hanging his arms over the back of P.U.'s driver's seat, and he leans in and in your ear, P.U., he says, his voice low, But I know you've seen Sinetti. You don't have to tell me what happened. You just need to tell me whether he's alive or not. Something that I can make a story out of. Then we've got a deal. Sinetti is... If you're not planning on meeting back up with the shortfall, then what do you need to know for? Okay, so they do so find now, The idea is that he goes back to shortfall, and we've handed him just enough that shortfall gets to claim victory. Which may mean they need Sinetti or whatever. Did we ever encounter the Sinetti guy? We've never encountered we, him. We encountered his head. He counted his head, yeah. His head's currently sitting in P.U.'s bag in a jar. Oh, and this guy knows about the head? Okay, well, we can tell him. I don't him think so. Head. He may or may not. You don't know if he knows about the head or if he, he's just, like, he fishing. Made a, for... He, he, he really good with an guess. He with, with an unerring guess. So he I think did, we tell he? him that the head came to life and then it stroked out and died. Yeah, that's about as good as a run as we can give it. And Sinetti's uh, flat-lined, pasted, uh, you know, crumpled up, boxed up, shipped out, the whole shebang. To be fair, we don't know what happened to the rest of him. Yeah, that's a good mark. The head. Uh, so uh, that's what, crushed into gunk by now? Could be. Fresh paste for our toast, maybe. You never know. Uh, so, uh, it had stroked out, but I think in the gunfight, it probably got shot a couple of times before. Uh, whether or not it got shredded or crushed, or there was some why, fire and stuff. I'm, I'm just asking Why are you because... so concerned about the final state of him? Is that who you were trudging for? He sighs and smiles, deciding to come clean. Yeah. So, you already know about the girl, Emily McCauley. Daughter of some old Money Hills family, right? Shortfall don't really care about her. It's where she might lead. She's a prominent... Prominent name. Her case was easy to find information about, and she was a promising lead. They sent... Zanetti in to infiltrate the clinic, maybe figure out what had happened to the girl and where to go next. Only, uh, well, turns out sending in someone with nanopowers into a clinic where they're cutting up people with nanopowers to try to understand the effects the nanos have on their bodies is a bad idea. So I was sent in next and I was briefed that if there's any physical remains of Sinetti's, that they should be retrieved and brought back if possible. Shortfall Collective is very interested in the work that's being done in that clinic. They won't tell me why. Of course they won't tell me why. 
but the scorpions are running security. Somebody's doing something with that clinic, working on the nanos. Taking nano-infected people, cutting them up, subjecting them to all sorts of tests, monitoring, watching them, watching the effects the nano-infestation has on their body, writing it all down, and... Well, the Shortfall Collective seem to believe that Sonetti would lead to some particularly interesting results. We've got a, a fair chunk of change lined up for this, uh... For this bits and pieces of Sinetti. What are you offering exactly to make up for that, huh? Goodwill between us and the short fucks? I can offer something a bit more substantial, he says. I know of a cache. A cache in the city that's been set aside. It was meant to be Sinetti's. He was meant to go there, get the supplies in the cache, and use them to, uh prop up the next phase of his operation, but if he's not making it out, then the shortfall will declare that a lost asset. If I tell you where it is, you might be able to go there, grab the stuff, before the shortfall sends someone to come and recollect. What do you reckon, folks who want to gamble? Sure. What sort of stuff would be in this cache? I ain't seen it myself, he says, shrugging, holding out his hands. But it was supposed to see Sinetti through the entirety of his operation. So I'm thinking there'll be some cyberware, some weapons, uh, some spy gear, all of it very expensive and very hard to track down on the black market. And knowing the shorties, it's probably a... You know, pretty interesting to a tech sniffer like you, Azur. Hmm, yes. Yeah, I'm fuck it. To, I'm keen to find this cash, yeah. He, um, taking his eyes off the road and using, uh, using one hand to, uh, drive the axe, he reaches back up into his backpack and produces the head, uh, checking it over to, uh, to Julia, uh, Julia. Deirdre and, and Johnny gasp, burying their faces in each other's, in the folds of each other's arms as Julian smiles. Yeah, Don't that's worry. him. It shouldn't get up again. Well, it won't move unless you, uh, unless you wave any of that angel dust around in front of it. Yeah, nasty stuff there. <laughs> Indeed. Frank is gonna rummage around and he's gonna find an old pen and some scrap paper. And he's just going to cut across all conversation. And he's just going to say to Johnny and Deirdre, Right, well, I reckon we got to make an arrangement. I am writing down here a super secret mailbox that your family needs to know about. If anything happens to you or to you, an email has to go to these super secret mailboxes, which will instantly activate us. And first off, we're going to go find him, and I'm going to pull his head off, and I'm going to use it to unplug some privies. And then we're going to go and work our way through the Shortfall Collective, and we're going to destroy all of them. Deirdre takes anything so much as makes, if somebody so much as farts in your direction. 
And We've he hands seen each enough. of them a little piece of paper. And he says, it's just I want you to know, Shortfall ain't going anywhere near you, because if they do, we're going to erase them. I'll personally make sure they don't, says Julian, as Deirdre takes the paper and she just looks at you, Frank, and she nods. It's a stoic sort of nod, half thankful, half fearful. She just says, I've seen enough to know how you operate, Hunter. I'll just say I'm glad you're on my side and not theirs. I know I've frightened you and the boy. I didn't mean to. You know, mercenaries, you're not not the friendliest of folk, but after what you've done for me and Julian and Johnny, well, it just wouldn't be right to say we're afraid of you. Mr. Uh, Frank, uh, we'll be... We'll always remember the kind thing you did for us. And if we ever are in any trouble, we'll know who to turn to. You can be sure of that. Look at Cornelius. You, I I don't mind scaring the shit out of. I I think you should have nightmares about me for the rest of your life. I probably will, he says. (laughs) Leans in. Please tell us the details of this cash. Mm, There's no need for nightmares. Look, uh... I'll take the head, he reaches out, wrenches it out of P.E.U.'s hands, and it sort of straddles his lap for a few moments. Sinetti's dead eyes staring blankly at you, tongue lolling around in the formaldehyde. So, tip for the future, you end up in any place where they've got nano-infected brains in jars, don't wave angel dust in the vicinity. See those vials you got there, P.U.? What do you think those are? Uh, nasty bit of drugs that does nasty shit. Close. See, you're holding the ashes of nano-infected individuals. Ghastly, yes. I know. I was supposed to snatch a vial of them for the shortfall collective and... Don't worry, I'm not about to rob you of your treasure there. I know how much that stuff fetches on the black market. Angel dust is a designer drug. Very rare, very hard to get a hold of, very expensive. I think you can understand why. And they were making it there at that clinic, but the Shortfall Collective were convinced that it wasn't just a sideline. They weren't just making this shit to sell it and make money. This was part of their experiment. Learning about nano-infected individuals. Trying to learn everything about their bodies, about how the infection works. The angel dust was... Just precipitate. Just... Happy side effect of what they were doing. But based on how it responded to the nano-infected brain, you can bet whoever owns that clinic is aware that that kind of thing happens. And they're probably looking for a way to weaponize it or do something with it. So, free advice from me to you. You ever see any disembodied heads or anything like that again, keep that stuff well away. Uh, Pew looks down at the crystalline ice that is lightly dotting his arms uh, and frosting up the uh, wheel of Axie. He says, yeah, I'll be sure to uh, 
make sure this shit doesn't get around any more nano-infecty bullshit. As for the Shortfall Collective... Eh. Frank pretty much said it, I'm too far down the chain to know exactly what their game is, but... They've been paying a lot of attention to... Nano. Go ahead, Frank. Oh, yes, your dog. <laughs> a real dog! I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Rusty's barking in the background, hanging his head out of Axie's window, enjoying the ride. So, Sinetti was just one of many operatives, fingers in a lot of pies, but all of them in some way to do with Nano. Investigating nano clinics, investigating disappearances, people, nano infectees who've gone missing, investigating corporate facilities where nano studies are being conducted. I heard they had somebody trying to steal a prototype uh, organ implant. Something that would withstand nano infections. Uh shit. He stops, holds up his hand, shrugs, and he says, and that's about all I know. Oh, okay, I'm um... the cash. And the cash? And the cash! So I'm free to go, he says, looking over at PU, who's the driver. Uh, Pew's pulled up on the side street and he presses a button and the kitty lock pops off on his door. About as free as you will be. Oh. Right. He reaches his finger up to his temple, taps a button on his RCD, and a little icon appears in the top right of your heads-up display, a message dropping into your inbox. You quickly open it, and see a set of coordinates. The coordinates point you to a seemingly nondescript warehouse up north in Lily Pond, one of the furthest flung regions of the city. Mm. Like I said, don't know what's there, but I'm sure you'll find something to pique your interest. Uh, just here, please. Thanks, he says to P.U., pointing through the windshield, and you pull up in front of a brothel, a big neon outline of a woman bending over with bunny ears, beckons as Julian alights from the vehicle, takes one last look at his over his shoulder, and then scurries away into the pink haze. Thanks for riding with Axie Service. Catch you next time. Hopefully not, you hear him call as the wheels crunch on the asphalt and carry you away. So, the mission is done. Ooh, but well done, folks. mission is done. The only question remaining being whether you're going to bring these hostages with you to check in with your handler whether that would be Patton over at Patton Surplus, or perhaps Ermac Ransom himself over at Tech Noir, where he'd still be waiting. I think Tech Noir is a bad shot just because um, there's often scorpions there and we don't want them, you know, relaying information or God forbid any of the scorpions from the clinic seeing us. 
Mm. Uh, we may want to get to patterns and let him know that we are making detours due to complications. Very wise. Charlie flashes the thumbs up telling you he sent the message, and as you round a corner and begin driving along a straight line seemingly entirely with casinos and coffin hotels, Patton's face pops up in front of your eyes in your RCD. There's a broad smile on his face, and based on the particular purpley haze of light he's engulfed in, he's still there at the booth in Tech Noir. You can swear you can hear the new bass thrumming in the background. Hey, so how'd it go? Mission accomplished, right? Yeah, we did well. I think we are about as professional as we could be. We yeah. Caught, at the very least. Uh, Tweedle Dumb and Tweedle D over, Tweedle Dumb, Tweedle D over here in the uh, in the club uh, got a call on their RCDs not too long ago. They ain't left or nothing, but there's buzz something buzzing in the Scorpion network. So I was worried. I held off on calling you just in case I got you in an inconvenient location, but I presume it didn't go as smooth as you promised it would. Perfectly smooth. As far as anyone there is concerned, we were never there. Payloads in? Payloads in. How can I know for sure that they're not gonna know we snuck you in to leave the payload? I mean, if things got messy... Well, given that they were constantly cursing out those shortfall fuckers, I think they're pretty hard set on who it was. And we left him a little bit of that, what do you call it, misdirection for him as well. And the payload was left very securely. Eh, he shrugs. Uh, Like I said, I know nothing about these shortfall guys, but if they're digging around in the same pies we are and they happen to draw the fire of the scorpions, I'll take it, okay? So payload's in and... uh, Anything else I should know about? I know I said you had Carte Blanche to destroy anything the Scorpions might find valuable. I know Frank was particularly keen. We uh, picked up a chip. I think Charlie's got it. Got some uh, info from the docks, I reckon. Data chip. Right. Uh, no idea what's on it, but that's okay. Uh, Give him the new Sentinel gun. Frank holds up the sentinel gun and you see Ermac's eyes widen as he sees this thing which seems to nearly take up the whole backseat of Axie on its own. Holy crap in a caboodle! Frank! Frank! That's still functioning? Yeah, yeah. And you, you what? You just, you just pulled that down out of the receptacle and it... Yeah? It's, it's Frank, are you really that surprised? And, uh, you planning to do anything with it? Well, I thought I'd go with the other one and we would have two. And, uh, two? But you got two got- of them? Yeah. Well, uh... We're gonna set you, up a we're, base. Uh, we're professionals. We know how to deal and steal. Uh, yeah, yeah, professionals. Right, 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 right. Speaking of, uh, it did go smoothly, but we got uh, some uh, 
extra cargos, uh, he says, tapping on his RCD to take it to the forward-facing camera, and checks through his rear-view mirror with a slight adjustment to show their uh, new passengers. Mac takes in the sight of them, and when he sees Johnny huddled in the back seat, his face thins, his eyes narrow. Children too. Bastards! Bastards, these scorpions! Agreed. I well, have uh, neither of you. Whispers, don't try to calm him down with a game of basketball. He doesn't like that. It's not going to be much to like after the situation they've been in, Frank. Uh, the Scorpions are going to be looking for him. I'll tell you that much. Uh, good thing you didn't bring him here. What Tweedledum and Tweedledee heard on the radio before, maybe they'd be they'd recognize him and blow all our cover. Uh... How about Patton? You think Patton can give him a place to stay for a couple of days while I pull some favors I owe, work with some contacts, maybe we can get these two somewhere safe, new identities, new lives, old caboodle. Figured that might be the safest option for now. Yeah, Patton's, Patton's not going to be upset with the uh, chunk of change we'll be pulling, so I'm sure we can string something here for him. Sure, sure. Well, uh, look, uh, no need to come here, then, he says. Head to Patton, drop off your cargo, drop off the data chip, and we'll call it a job well done. Oh, anything about Emily in there, or anything about Solitaire, for that matter? Uh, Emily, uh, yeah. No, Emily, yeah. No sign of Solitaire, though? Sorry, mate. Not, not as far as uh, we can tell. Hangs his head. We had, we had that photo. Was that? Did we think that might have been left by Solitaire? No way of knowing. It's just a photo of Emily. Could have been left by her. Could have been left by Solitaire. I think it was left by Sinetti. He or was Sinetti. supposed to yeah, go. He was supposed to go in and find Emily and use her as the trail of breadcrumb. Yeah, we might. We might point out that Thought Four were also after Emily. Yeah, not a bad idea. Wait, 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 wait. Shortfall, we're looking into the girl, too. They yeah. were using her as a bre- as a trail of breadcrumb. If, if folks didn't mention anything about this, they said I was the only one on the job. Uh, I might have it out with them, uh, unless there's any reason why you think I shouldn't. I don't think they were doing it on behalf of Emily's family. A yeah, good point. They seem These... to have their own These shortfall fucks sound like they're a little bit slippery, you know what I mean? Slippery and short in other areas, as uh, Frank put it so elegantly before. Well, no one there involved. I think it's doubly important we get that young girl and that young boy into some protection. So I'll work double time on that. Normally, I'd charge for the fee, you know, making IDs, getting people in the right systems, in the right places that they shouldn't be in. It's sometimes a bit a bit expensive. I'm gonna have to call in some old favors. Tell you what, though, I'll waive all that. Do it out of the goodness of my heart. Do it pro bono because you know I was hitting the pink glass all night while you was away, and I kept getting conflicting visions. You succeeded, but things went wrong. There was violence. There were unexpected variables. And now it's all falling in together. I think all things considered, it's probably the best possible outcome, right? Don't you agree? 
Not a yeah. bad idea at all. Brian, if you could use the help, I'm, I'm happy to help with any, any setting up of new identities and such as much as I can. Technically, we could have done a little bit better. Still, we're still ten guards still alive. Someone's got to tell. The world's a bit better off without the scorpions. But it will mean that they're going to be gunning for us even more now. You understand? They're going to be gunning after the shortfall even more. True. More accurately, they're just going to be gunning for anybody who ain't them. So he's going to go up. But you did what could be... You did what I would consider the best given the circumstances. Uh, look. We'll consider it a job well done. You see him lean over his table, snort another line of pink powder. His eyes widen, his pupils dilate, he shakes a lock of messy graying hair out of his face and he says, Yeah. Things are about to get hairier, but I think, I think things are about to start turning our way. So, let's say uh, 1,500 off your debts. And uh, when you take into account patents find the fee and what I'll skim off to cover the new IDs for the hostages and uh, any rewards their families will put up, uh, 2000 for each of you in your pocket sound acceptable? That's a uh, pleasure doing business. Yeah, agreed. I'll uh, sit back, enjoy the rest of my night with a drink, knowing that everything went our way. Good job, guys. Hopefully we'll hear something through that back door. Something about either Emily or maybe Solitaire. Soon, hopefully, we'll know what our next move is. Take care of yourselves. Watch your six. The glass says things are about to get hairier. You he too. winks. Flashes you a thumbs up and then ends the call. And it's with a feeling of great satisfaction that you see that number, 3,000, appearing on your RCD. Counting down, trickling. Into your accounts. So we got 3,000 in total to the to personal accounts. 1,500 off your debt first, and then the other 1,500. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 1,500 off your debts, 2,000 in your bank account. It was meant to be 3,500, not 3,000, the number. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, all the good nights work, but uh, what do you folks say we drop off our pals here and then we go and hit that stash before the shortfall uh, go and clean up their mess? Yeah. We won't have too much time. Yeah, let's move quick. And Axie carries you away into the neon haze. A job well done, but at what cost? As lurking in the underbelly of this very loud, very busy city that never sleeps, certain plans have been disrupted and contingencies are being put into place. Well done, punks. You eat, level up, 
to Philadelphia oh, yeah. with another successful job under your belt and plenty of things to do before next session. You've got is a cash that... to raid, things to yeah, sell. Is that cash going to be a like we'll we'll do that next session, yeah. or is that going to be a between thing? Okay. It'll be a between sessions thing. Oh, okay, that's just sort of a, a simple just run and grab. Yeah, something you run and grab in your downtime. Well done, punks. You pulled through. When the odds were against you and the chips were down, somehow you pulled through. And that means you've got what it takes to survive inside. As you're now level 3, I shall go ahead and roll right now to see if there will be a debt collector next session. Mm -hmm. D20 plus 3, I'm your sure current level. Your reputation spreads, and with it, those who no. think they'd like yes. to have a go at you get more and more daring, knowing that they have to take their shot at you before you grow too big for your britches. Next session. Someone will be coming to collect. Oh, fuck. You made your bed, punks. <laughs> Someone's always after your creds, your body, your life, your dignity, and many other things, such as life inside. 